Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thirty-five-year-old Robert McLaughlin, also known by Royal Francis or Rob Francis, went missing from Jacksonville, Florida on September 25, 2017. Robert was last seen in his apartment sometime around 10 p.m. He left behind his personal belongings, including his wallet, ID, and his car was also left in the parking spot at his building. Robert has a gold tooth and a chipped right tooth and tattoos on both his arms and is said to have had a full beard and was wearing a black shirt and shorts around the time of his disappearance. He's about 5'10", 210 pounds. A few years before his disappearance, Robert was in an accident that left him with a severe head injury that impacted his short and long-term memory. I was able to get a hold of Robert's former roommate, Bella. Bella is close friends with Robert. She lived with him in Florida at the time that he went missing. Since then, she has moved back to the Netherlands, but continues to search for what happened to her friend. In 2020, Bella started a podcast titled Find Rob Francis and detailed the information she knew leading up to his disappearance. Bella came on my show to talk about Robert, her podcast, and what may have happened to her musically gifted friend. I want to start this episode by playing one of Robert's raps titled Godspeed before starting my interview with Bella. start at the very um, beginning. Um, I want to know, how did you meet Robert? And uh, what was your first impression of him like? And what was his personality like? I um, met Rob Francis 
at a musical, um, no, not a music. It was, a, it was, um, he was actually performing and they asked me to, um, give numbers to the performance and they could win some money. I think it was like 50 bucks maybe. And so my first impression was actually seeing him on stage and I was, it was just awesome. It was a lot of energy coming out of him, positive, very uh, mannered and very nice in, in talking. Um, and his music was just, just positive. So that was basically the first time when I met him. Um, we actually hit it off like right away. We exchanged numbers and uh, we said that we was going to go and um, go to a party or something a couple of days later. And so he invited me out and I came and that actually started a friendship up, a friendship up with us. So that's actually one of the first times when I met him. And after that, we just started to, to kick it together. <laughs> we had so much fun and, and we always talked about music. He was very intelligent. He, um, like I said, very calm, collected, always think before he spoke. Um, that's basically the things that, that really attracted me to him. And also he was very loyal, very, very in his friendship. And he didn't have a lot of people around him either. He was very select people around him. So that's really how I met him. Uh, and I wanted to ask you this cause it's, it's not in the questions that I sent you ahead of time, but you did end up becoming roommates mm-hmm. with him, right? Yes. How long, how long after you met him, did you become roommates? Um, let me see about three years or so. We actually started to be roommates with one of our, our other friends. Cause we was like in a, in a group all together. Um, it was three guys and me. And so we have M Phil and Francis and, um, I moved out and I need to have a roommate. So initially actually M became my roommate but because Francis and uh, Phil, we had a big enough house and they actually became uh, roommates with us. So we actually lived in a house all together for like a year. Um, and then later on, uh, almost to the end, right before he went missing, like six months before that, he came and, and become my roommate again. And that was the reason because of um, relationships, problems with his girlfriend and he needed to have a a place to stay. So he stayed with me. And uh, this is the last question I'll ask you off script and we'll get back to back to what Mm -hmm. I sent you. But I'm just curious because you're, um, you know, it's I think you're from the Netherlands, right? And you you were in the United States. I'm just curious what 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 drew you to Florida in general? <laughs> well, <laughs> I um I actually did music too, and so I met my uh, uh, now ex husband. I met my husband there, and um, he was living in Florida, so <laughs> it's not it's not a particular choice for me to be in Florida. But yeah, coming from the Netherlands, uh, Florida is is nice, it's warm <laughs> always. Um, so that was a that was a good thing. Um, other than that, that's the only thing really that, that got me to come to Florida. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where I did music and I met, I met Francis there. And Robert, uh, as we kind of mentioned earlier, uh, was a pretty famous local rapper and it seemed like you were very intertwined with the local you know music scene as well. I'm wondering, can you, can you tell me about that? Like, it seems like, um, in some of your pictures on social media and stuff, there was a lot of hanging out at music venues and, and, um, you know, a lot of music being made and, and a lot of good times being had. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, after I met, met Robert, uh, we actually started doing songs together. So we actually have a song together and he actually wrote for me too. He was prior to that, before I actually came to Jacksonville, he, he was already known by the locals. He was, music was basically his life. Um, he made already three or four albums, but uh, in, in, in France's fact, let me say it like that. He was not into the whole social media and uh, taking pictures or videos. So there's very little of him actually making music, unfortunately. And um, what we do have is all on record. 
Um, other than that, yeah, we we absolutely did. Um, let me see. We was a part of the Matrix Group in Jacksonville, Florida, and um, Michelle was a person that was managing us. And she did a lot of performancing for us uh, where we can perform. So we was actually at one point, probably six months long, we was just always every weekend we was doing a show somewhere in Florida, around Florida or in Jacksonville. And we was just trying to get people, give people a different type of, of music. Um, Still, and at this time, trap music was very, you know, the gangster music and stuff like that. That's not the type of hip-hop that we did. We actually did more soul type of hip-hop or backpackers, like they say. So it, it wasn't coming from a standpoint of, uh, we gangsters, we doing drugs, we doing guns, we shooting you, all that stuff. We didn't do that. We just was about having a good time and enjoying people or stuff like that. So very positive music, actually. And Francis was very good in that. Um, that sounds incredible. Uh, something happens, though, uh, a few years before um, Rob goes missing and, and there's a there's an accident. I believe it was a car accident, right? Um, can you tell me what happened and how that changed uh, Robert and maybe the short term and maybe even the long term? Yeah. Um, it happened, well, we, we was all together that weekend. It was very strange because we was all together that weekend. And on a Sunday, um, he said, he called me up and I was at work and he said, uh, can you come pick me up? And I said, okay, I'm at work. Can I leave right now? What's the emergency? Let me know where you at. But he just left me a voicemail. Um, the next day I suddenly get a call from his mother saying that he's in the hospital and they found him on the side of the road off of 95, uh, by St. Mary, which is in Georgia, which is not that far from Jacksonville, but we didn't know how he got there, who dropped him off, anything. Um, what happened is that there is a truck driver. Now, this is the story of the, we don't know. Um, the truck driver said that he trying to commit suicide and uh, stepped onto the road. The um, uh, friends itself, itself told me the story uh, a couple days after the accident when I started asking him because we knew what, we didn't know what would happen. And he was hit on the left side, which he was walking straight. So the truck driver actually hit him from the back. He hit him on the grass. Probably what happened is that the truck driver actually fell asleep. And coincidentally, Francis walking there on the side to go to the next exit to ask for his phone was empty to ask for the phone to call me up to ask and pick him up. We have no idea what exactly happened, but it affected Francis so bad. Um, he lost uh, long-term memories and short-term memory after that. He um, he kind of refused to let us know how bad it was. So at times when we was telling stories that we did before, like, oh, do you remember we went there and there? Then he would just say, yes, he remembered, but I could see that he didn't. Or he didn't. He couldn't tell the memory anymore. So he lost. He lost a good part of his memory from that, and his short memory was also not very well anymore. We could see it sometimes on like, hey, I just, you know, I I just asked you to come there at such a short time, and then the next day he forgot about it. That type of type of stuff, basically, and that happened probably two, three, three years before he actually uh, went missing. The fact is that about nine months before he went missing, he chipped his tooth and he hit his head. After that, for all of us looking back at it, I could say, oh, wait a second. He probably hit his head again. And it was actually costing him to have short-term memory lost. 
but at that point we didn't see it that came later when we actually realized like oh wait a second he was acting kind of i don't know how to say it like he was just not always there anymore you say it like that and that was definitely an effect of the uh of the accident that he had so he he was. Um, did, did you ever find out like what did his car break down? And he was walking to the gas station to call you for a lift. Like what? Did, did you ever find out why he was walking on the on the side of the road? Well, um, one of the other friends that in my podcast I actually talk about him too because he is my. I think he knows more. <laughs> He's actually the one that brought him. Uh, to an exit right before St. Mary. And he's supposed to go from there to uh, somewhere else where somebody's supposed to have a studio or something with music. We did not know exactly what the what the whole reason was. Um, we said he might have had a hunch or the person didn't show up and that's why he called me. And because I was at work, I couldn't come and get him. But... Um, the weirdest thing is, is that he didn't call anybody else. He just called me and they still don't know. He never could explain. He didn't remember anything because after he came in the hospital, we had to tell him like every day I came to the hospital and I have to tell him what day it was. And then he was like, oh, what did we do? And then I had to explain to him for almost two weeks long the the, the week prior. And then he, he couldn't remember it. So he started to say, okay, yeah, we went and did this and we went and got groceries and we went and did this. And he just started memorizing parts of that week. But in reality, he never probably remembered what we did. So that whole week was just black to him. So he couldn't remember why he was there. Never found out either. And he he calls you before he gets hit, right? And then you can't pick him up and then so he starts walking. Is that is that how the sequence of events played out, you think? Um, yeah, we, that's what we think. We think he called me up and I couldn't leave. And he probably thought, let me go to the next gas station off the side of the road. Cause it's exactly between two exits in to go from a, a smaller, um, uh, gas station to go to the big gas station on the other side. So we really think that he actually walked over there and that is just, yeah, that the, the truck driver just hit him. We seen the we seen the um, the tracks in the in the, in the grass, and the fact that he was thank God only hit on the left side, but it it messed him up really badly. Like he couldn't play basketball anymore because he his whole left side was uh, with iron in it. He got pins in it everywhere. So yeah, it was it was it really affected his life after that. He has this horrible accident, and then. His memory is affected. Um, his, his his livelihood is affected, and his life is affected in a big way. And then you said about nine months, but I think it was before he went missing. He hit his head again, and it and it triggered like it re injured him. Um, you were just telling me about that. Can you tell me about that again? Yeah. So nine months before he got missing, he hit his head, and that just whole. We we actually didn't realize it because about a year in, his mother came and asked me about it. And that's when we kind of started putting the pieces back together. And I said, oh, wait a second. And she said, well, the injury that he had all those years before triggered again when he felt. Um, and that is something that yeah we just didn't realize it but there's doctor forms and medical forms actually about it that his injury was way worse than he would let us know so even after the the accident he was pretty fast back back feet lie to make sure that that it looked like he would go but he music he forgot his lyrics stuff like that and he was just practicing his old old songs just to get it back so you know it, it definitely hit him and it, and it definitely had effect on right before he left and so the day he goes missing um 
what what happens? Can you tell me about what you know? Um, you know what you and the family have been able to uncover about what what did he do on the day he disappeared, and where where was he last seen? Um, <clears throat> I was living. I was he was living with me, and the day he went missing, the night that he went, uh, or wait, wait, <laughs> rephrase that. <laughs> okay, so Francis was living with me at the time. And, and I was living, uh, I was working overnight. So at around 11 o'clock, I would leave the house. And that night, as always, hey, see you later. Uh, close the door behind me. I even called back up when I was in the car. Called, uh, called up like, hey, can you please call the door behind me? See you later. Um, I went to work. Didn't hear anything. I came back from work. And the door was closed because I had to unlock it. But I see his car standing next to my car where he always parks it. And I actually went to bed because the room where he was staying in was closed. So I assumed that he was asleep. So I went to sleep and then his mother called me up and said, hey, I had an appointment. He He's not here. I said, well, call him on his cell phone. You know, I, I, he's here or I actually got up first and um, I looked in the room and I said, oh, he's not here anymore. I said, so he's probably to the appointment. He's probably run, running late. Um, his mother was very, very uh, persistent and had the feeling already that something wasn't wasn't right. So she made me go outside to look and his car was still there. So I was like, oh. His car is still there because it was a car appointment that he had with his mom's car because he was driving his mom's car. And so that was kind of the first indication of like, huh, it's kind of weird. And then I looked and I saw the car key still laying there. And uh, the only thing that was missing was his backpack that I couldn't find, which he always have with him. And I was like, okay, he got his backpack. So maybe he got a ride from somebody or maybe he wasn't here this morning. I don't know. Um, about two hours later, she actually called the detective. She actually filed a missing person at that moment because she, she was so in panic. And so the cops came and I said, well, his car's downstairs. So they asked me to come with him, with the cops downstairs, the officers. And they uh, open up the door and the first thing they see is actually his wallet, which is really weird because Francis, two things that he always has with him, his wallet and the backpack. There's always uh, something to write in there, probably a couple of CDs. Um, it's just, he walks with that always. So that was the first thing that I was like, this is weird. So they took me and, and, and they said like, oh, is this his wallet? And then show me his ID and everything. And I said, yeah, that's it. And then this feeling came over me and I said, can you please open up the trunk? Because I need to know, I need to see what's in the trunk. And so they opened up the trunk and they picked up his backpack. And that's when I almost fainted. I got completely white. I lost just, it, it just really hit me then. I said, okay, something is wrong. That was the first thing I said to the officers. I said, something is wrong. I said, these are the two things that he never leaves. And his phone is off. The only thing he took was his key, my key, and um, the phone. So, yeah, that was absolutely, yeah, something Something was just off. And that's when we start calling our friends, and, and nobody had an answer. He's just disappeared in thin air with nothing, with nothing. What was the day and the, what was the date that he went missing? Um, he went missing on the 25th of uh, September um, of 2017. I'm sorry. No, that's, no, that's okay. Uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted it in there for the listeners. It'll be in the, the title in the beginning as well. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's very very bizarre. Um, what like what were everyone's initial impressions? Like to me, when you tell me about you know the struggles he was having from these reoccurring head injury, like that's pretty serious. Like, did he maybe become confused and just wander off? Like, was that maybe an early theory, or like what what were what were the police or you and his mom thinking happened to him? Um, that's actually quite interesting because everybody had their own little thought process in that. Um, initially I thought that he was with some girl, (laughs) um, and he just stayed the night or he just wanted to, to leave for a little bit and come back. That's, he, he, he spoke about that before that he wants to go somewhere else. So, and, and that's the, the confusing part at that moment too, because we always say, if you want to leave, no leave, I won't tell nobody, but let let your mom know that one. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A person know at least, your mom or me, um, that, that you're gone. You know, specifically your mom, actually. Um, and, and, and I've always told him that. Because he, he asked me about that. Can I trust you? He asked his girlfriend about that. And we all just say collectively, listen, there's only one person who needs to know where you're at. And that's your mom. Because I could not do that to your mom. And he agreed with that before already. Um, so the thought that he was actually was very... Um, because he spoke about it before. So that was that was definitely a theory. Only he didn't let his mom know. He didn't let me know. And then the other friend that I do think that knows something more, um, maybe he let him know. Um, but that became different over time. But at the first time, yeah, that, that's definitely my, my, my thought process was like, okay, he's going to come back in a couple of weeks, a couple of days. Okay. And then the, the panic starts hitting in. I go, wait, this is not going to go good. Okay. You start calling um, uh, hospitals, jails. You start looking, you start picking up every phone call, uh, um, the detective actually was really good. They start looking for his for, for the key around the apartment building. They actually took it very, very um, high because he didn't bring anything. If you want to disappear, then at least you take your ID with you and your wallet that you normally always take with you. Um, then I could definitely go with that theory. But at that point... I think two weeks in or something, I was like, no, this, this, this is not right. This is not right. It just didn't feel right. No. Um, and then you, at some point you start your own podcast titled find Rob Francis. I'm wondering, like, did you do that to try and find some more answers about what happened to Robert? And, you know, what did you discover doing the podcast? And, um, maybe one thing you can touch on too, is this maybe friend that you think maybe knows more, I listened to that in your podcast and I thought that was really intriguing that there might be someone out there who has more information than they're letting on. Yeah. Um, I started the podcast, uh, when I was already, I moved from Jacksonville, Florida, immigrated back to the Netherlands where I'm from. And, um, I was dealing at that point for three years, 
um, with a depression coming with a trauma and depression coming from the fact that Francis just disappeared out of my life. That was a huge, huge thing. Um, then my therapist at the, at the time said, well, you can make drawings or something that you like to do creatively. And I said, well, you know what? I need to bring this story out to the world because somebody knows something. And so I started the podcast as therapy for myself, um, which later on actually helped other people, family members that I heard actually listen to it. Um, his own friends that we, that I'm still very close to, except for that one person. Um, Cause there's something that Francis always said to me and he said it to his mom too. He said, there's only two people on this earth who will always know where I'm at. That's Bella. That's me. Or TJ. And TJ is the one who did not help flyering. He did not have any contact with me after Francis uh, left, except for three weeks after when he actually said to me, um, Rob wants you to move on. That's something that Rob always said. Um, and that made me think that he thought that Rob is dead, which I thought was very weird because I was completely in a different mode of finding him and not being okay with the with even the thought that he was dead. And that that's something that always bucked me up till this day, that he was so easy writing his best friend off. And that's 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 something that yeah, I never I, I wanted to have people think at least about it. Um I got out of the podcast a lot of BS stories that I've heard over the, uh, I brought the podcast out and I didn't know a lot of people in Jacksonville actually listened to it. And they started hitting me up with these (laughs) crazy stories that I've never heard of. And, um, or they would tell me stories about Rob that was just, uh, not true. It just didn't happen. I was like, (laughs) where was you? Where was I? And, um, so I've never got the answers that I wanted, but it, it definitely helped everybody around me or and me and myself to do this podcast. Um, what's, I guess the thing for me, and this it's baffling because based on listening to your podcast and talking to you now, like it doesn't seem very clear what may have happened to Robert. I'm curious, like, do you, did you get a better understanding? Like, do you think maybe this, like you think this friend that's withholding information thinks that he thinks that Robert is past. Like, like what do you think happened to him ultimately? Do you have a theory that sticks out to you at this point, or are you still kind of going back and forth and wavering through, you know, a few different theories? No, um, something that I didn't discuss in the podcast because it's, I think that a lot of people who actually have missing uh, family members and, and, and friends, um, happen to a lot is that there's mediums that come into place and they're trying to tell you what happened to the person. Um, I had that actually too. Only I had it from a very weird angle. In the first one was very weird angle. And that is that um, somebody who I actually know who is um, is a rapper in Jacksonville itself. And she contacted me and she said, listen, something crazy to me happened today. Um, I, I cannot, I don't, she couldn't venom it herself. She couldn't even get it out herself. She said, listen, um, I was scrolling on Facebook and I saw a post with Francis, a picture of Francis within it. And it, I heard a voice that says, do you remember me? I was like, okay, this is going really weird. And I was like, okay, just tell me what happened. And she was like, well, she said, um, the voice continued talking and um, gave her um, a street name. A street name somewhere in Jacksonville and said it was a setup. I was murdered. I'm there. 
And the other thing that she only heard was my name. And she uh, did not know that me and Francis were that close. So she said, well, I guess I have to tell you that. I was like, okay, what do I do with this information? She said, I don't know, but this is it. I actually got in my car, drove out there, see this nice little piece of land and, and, and some bushes and nothing really special. So I left it there. I said, well, it is what it is. If it's true or not, it will come out one day. Then about a half year later, six months later, um, I'm on the internet with my, uh, on a Facebook group with my friend who invited me in the Netherlands. And there is this uh, uh, medium. And she suddenly says in the group chat, um, who is here from America? Or why do I get America? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in America, I live there. And she said, okay. She said, um, are you looking for somebody? And I was like, yeah. And um, she said, well, we need to have a personal chat because, you know, I said, well, I want to know how he's doing. And she came after um, me. And this is in Dutch. She's never been to America. She doesn't know where I live. She doesn't know Jacksonville. She's never. And she says, um, well, I told her, I said, I think he's dead because I wanted to see what what she was saying and she said well she said I don't know what to do with this but I get this name and I kid you not it's the same street name that the first person told me so now I'm listening and I'm like huh interesting because this is somebody who doesn't know and she started uh, describing the place where I was at with my car on that street to details I'm like, wow, that's kind of amazing. Um, and then she started telling me that it's a setup, that somebody came and picked him up. And she started prescribing uh, a corner store around my apartment. And I'm like, wow, this is, <laughs> this cannot be going crazier. Um, so at that point, you kind of looking for something and you get answers that's not really the right, or not really something you can do with, anything you can do anything with, because people will be like, oh, really, you believe that? You believe two strangers that are just going to tell you that. Um, so that's actually the only clearest moments I had in this whole, with my podcast and looking for Francis, that I got back. And those are the two people that actually say the same thing. If I don't know, when somebody's missing, you always have that zero zero point one percent of hope that the person. Right now, it's more like if I can find him, uh, dead or alive. You know, I just want to. I just want to end that chapter. That the hope hope is 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 almost not there anymore, but it's always there. That little bit of hope that you have. Because I think a lot of people, a lot of people who have missing person cases are seeking for answers. And when something like a, a, a medium comes at you and tells you certain things, I mean, this lady could tell me um, anything. Like, she told me what I was wearing that day. And we was on the phone. Um, she told me like stuff like that, you know, and I was like, wow, how do you, how do you know that? <laughs> or that I actually had one of my friends, we actually went with a shovel back to the place and actually started digging at one point just to, just to find, we didn't know even know what we was looking for, but, and I still have it with that spot. I still think that he is murdered and buried there absolutely did the police did you ever tell the police did they do a search of the area or anything like that yes after i had um spoken with this lady numerous times and she just gave me so much exact points 
I contacted my uh, or the detective. Um, she said she had to ask her uh, supervisor. Um, her supervisor didn't agree with it, thought it was, of course, nonsense. Um, she took an hour of her job, of time. She came and picked me up. And that's why I, I love this detective. She came and picked me up and actually went with me to the spot. God, it goose hunt, but we just had to do it just to make sure for ourselves. And, um, yeah, but not allowed to bring dogs in because she even said it too. She wished there was dogs that she, you know, and actually she, she believed it. She believed me. But they don't have no cadaver dogs in Jacksonville, only in Tampa and that's that's what they told me. So, but at least they believe me and um, she said she will always look out for that spot. If something comes up, she will definitely have a chance. She will go in and, 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 and go there. Um, did Robert have enemies or like, was he involved in any, like, did you ever see him be involved in really like, you know, maybe illegal or shady activity? Like, would there be a reason for people to harm him? I'm wondering, like, you know, I'm just, I'm just curious if, if you noticed that at all when you were roommates with him and friends with him, like, you know, did he have people who would want to hurt him? No, that was the, that was the, the good thing about Francis to me. Um, he was very, he had a very small circle around him and a very, he was very protective about it. And, um, if we would do some stupid, <laughs> um, he would, he would say something about it. Like I never seen him. There was no guns allowed. One in my house was no guns allowed. Everybody knew that. And none of them actually had guns or anything like that because it, you fight with your hands and you don't fight at all. <laughs> really, that was the rule. Just have fun and, and, and no drama. Um, no drugs. I don't even remember. I When I look back, actually, I don't ever remember Francis literally smoking weed even. You know, I know he did it, but not anymore. The last probably four or five years, he stopped doing that. After the accident, definitely. Um, so, yeah, no. Um, we wasn't hanging around shady people or anything like that. Honestly, what I do think, what I think happened to Francis is that um, his good heart actually got the best of him. Um, I think he was set up I do believe that story because um, I think somebody, I think he wanted to make money because he didn't work in like two weeks. He didn't have a job for two weeks. And I don't think his head with his injury and everything, he just couldn't work. And um, friends will always make sure that there was something in the house or he would pay a bill or something just to uh, appreciate that he was able to live with me. Um, and I think that he wanted to make a, a couple of quick bucks and somebody says like, oh, you know what? You can come here and do this for me. And um, I hope, I hope that it is that he didn't want to do it because maybe they wanted to rob somebody or something st stupid. And he was like, oh no, I'm not going to be a part of this. And I think out of that comes the argument because he, he will stand up for that. And I think that it might have been an accident that they killed him. I don't know, but I do think that something like that happened. That's my own theory. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that... Um, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that based on what you told me about his character that he wouldn't want to do something else to harm anyone or be a part of something you know, that was maybe illegal or violent. And so he would stand up and say, no, um, I really hope like, uh, do you ever get any, do you ever keep in touch with the family or the mom and get any updates? Like I, I think I saw an article not from last year that his mother kind of was saying that, you know, the police have kind of stopped looking like, do you still get any updates from, from family or, or the police Has have there been any updates in the last couple of years? No, there's not been any updates on, uh, on, on Francis. Um, I do know that the 
the officer that actually, or the detective that actually went with me, um, that was about a year and a half later. And she actually said that she didn't close his case uh, at that point, at the moment when she had to, um, because she couldn't, because this was the weirdest, the weirdest disappointment, this, this, ooh, disappearing and that she ever had. So, um, I know that Francis is, uh, all his tattoos, his injuries, um, his teeth, cause, uh, we, we went, he went to the dentist to get like a, a grill. And so all the teeth, um, information is all put into a system. So if they do find a, a body, then they would definitely, uh, um, there would be information on that. But as far as I know, this was the most weirdest disappearing ever because he just left everything. So, yeah. And no criminal uh, background on him at all. He's never even been arrested. And I guess all I want to end with this is this has obviously had a very huge impact on you. I'm wondering, like, to this day, like, how are you doing like with, with everything? Is it still, still really tough every day to, to not know what happened to your friend? Yeah, it is absolutely very tough. Um, we now trying to just, uh, keep it positive with him. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's in the beginning, I couldn't even say his name. And I know if, if you listen to the podcast, you actually hear my emotions. Um, so, but nowadays, yeah, it's, it's, it's going a lot better. We, we celebrate his life. I actually got a tattoo that says, um, live life like every day is Saturday. Uh, that's one of his quotes and that kept me moving the, the last couple of years. Absolutely. Um, I want to thank you for doing this. I, I know it was probably um, not easy, and uh, but I think it's important. I, I hope people, and I will put this in the intro and the outro as well, like check out the Facebook page and the podcast. Um, you know, you, you did an amazing job, I think, covering a lot of the facets of his disappearance and being so close to him. Uh, I think you were absolutely like the best person to do it. Um, do you want to end? Is there anything else you wanted to say about Robert before we before we wrap up? Um, no, I hope that we, like I said, I'll be bringing back um, at least home and give give peace and, and rest to his mother because that's that's one of the things that really that really hurt me. His mother doesn't know, like that's. That that's just one of the things. Like I really hope that if he is alive, that he is happy and 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 everything. And if he passed away, I hope that we find his body and and bring it home for his mom to at least bury him and close the book. If you know anything about Robert's disappearance, please contact the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office at nine zero four. 630-2627. To learn more about Robert and his disappearance, check out the Find Rob Francis podcast where you get your podcasts. You can also check out the Find Rob Francis Facebook group. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your appreciation, you can buy me a coffee at the link in the description. If you want to support the podcast on a monthly basis, you can head to my Patreon. There's a link in the description. For five bucks a month, you get ad and sponsor free episodes, exclusive content, teaser content and early access to all new episodes of the podcast i'll also post monthly updates on what's to come so you know what i have the works and what to expect i'll close this episode with robert's song keep keeping on thanks for listening to the missing and unexplained podcast
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.